and then he sent it sends all of these archangels out to just like mess people up left and right and uh what one of them goes and warns noah and teaches him how to build boats but uh what what what, what? So the, no what they're having a problem with these giants so god sends these angels to not deal with the giants but to just like give that's what the flood the flood was to cover up the giants who were too tall to be yeah the water had to be deep enough to killed by the flood like they were chase he's out oh i didn't even think about that okay i I thought you were pointing the pin at me like this was part of the conspiracy that i stumbled into Everybody, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian 2024. Uh, no, it's not our 2024 episode. We last week was still shit. Strong, strong start. Strong, strong start. start. <laughs> was it 2024 last week? When it posted, yeah. All right, second episode of the new year. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. I'm Jeremiah. Sorry, I, I was thrown off and, my game. I'm Jeremiah, and I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> Checking my text, totally not invested. My name is Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah, I actually do have a question to start this off uh, okay. for you. Do you only own black t-shirts? This is a blue t-shirt. I don't know. Yeah, what you're he's wearing about. a blue t-shirt. It's very dark blue, mm. but you could be forgiven for thinking that, Sam, because besides growing up in the scene like we all did and having many black t-shirts, um, I don't have any of those shirts anymore because those are like two sizes smaller than yeah. the size that I wear currently. But Common I found problem. this one like t-shirt blank that I really like, and yeah. I have like six or seven of them, and I just rotate them every day. Love it. I actually think that's the best move because the thing I hate most about life is having to think about what to wear every day. Um, so for work, I have to like kind of – school's weird. They have like a quote-unquote dress code that you have to kind of follow, but – Everyone kind of does what they want, and it basically just no one's ever going to be told you're not wearing the right things. It just kind of decides, like everyone kind of goes, oh, you're the kind of person who doesn't follow the rules. I get it. So I love the whole like black t-shirt thing or t-shirt thing, the blanks, because you get to like rotate it out and not have to like think about what you're wearing but i feel like most of the time we record maybe you're wearing blue t-shirts no no this is this is a one-off this isn't one of the same blanks like this is just i woke up today and decided to get a little silly with it and i I love the way you're living your life right now man this is pretty awesome i also have the the same i have like four pairs of identical shorts and i wear those every single day as well but they're in different colors they're in different colors exactly what i thought i thought you're like let me buy five of these shirts a bunch of these shorts and just i'm wearing clean clothes all the time but it's kind of the same thing most of the time and that takes the effort out of thinking about yeah. it and I, like, I throw on like if i have uh, you know a meeting with people where i need to be dressed nicer i just throw on a polo shirt or a button down and then i take it back off after the meeting and it's fine like it, it's no big deal perfect i'm like the opposite of you guys i have so many clothes and i like if we're going somewhere i put something on and then i look at it and i go uh, and then I put something else on 
and I fold that back up and I go back and forth and back and forth until I finally like settle on things. Yeah. And I don't know well, why I, I don't like that about myself, but that's what's in there. Well, well, no, when I like, when I'm going somewhere, like I'll dress up nice, I have nice clothes. I, but I work from home. So and like when I need to go into the office, I actually put an outfit together or something. Yeah. Uh, and I used to dress a lot nicer in the office. It's just, I can get away with it here. I don't, you have to pretty much go in every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's the difference. Like I, I did put a lot more effort into it uh, when I was a, a permanent white collar, like in the office person. Yeah, dude, I love uh, it's so funny because I worked in a warehouse setting for a long time uh, as a fulfillment manager and I I was able to wear whatever I wanted. And when I got my first job in like a more corporate environment, I was like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy clothes. I'm going to dress nice. It's going to feel good. After like 30 days, I was like, I'm so fucking over this. It's not fun. <laughs> was not enjoyable. I even liked the clothes I had. I was like, I look cool. I look good, but I don't want to like do this. I don't want to put any effort into what I wear ever. Um, and now at a school, I do have to, uh, but it's still even like the best thing about working from home. When I was in my corporate job, it was like, I, I went to the office two or three days a week pretty easy to like switch things up just enough but having to be at work five days a week i hate having to like cycle clothes i hate it i hate it so fucking much that i'm like oh i have to wear this one day and if i wear this the next day they're gonna be like didn't you wear that two days ago like i don't want to so basically you want to work somewhere that has a uniform that would be oh yeah just like we talked about the other day what's (laughs) high school uniforms public high schools should have uniforms i'm more like like you know at costco they have all those polo shirts you can get polo shirts that are slightly different colors and things you can have different amount of stars on your name badge depending on how long you work there you just be standing Honestly, there turning the hot dog the right roller, move. just having Honestly, a good time. Just like five different colors of polo shirts. I'd be fine. And I why think, don't you do that? I don't know why I don't do that. But I do wake up and think, are people going to think or know that I wore this yesterday? No one that remembers think, or cares. They nope, just don't. You're right. Because I go, let me think if I can remember anything anybody I worked with wore yesterday. And I can't. I have no idea what anybody wore well, the day before. Although there can be a disadvantage. I've backed myself into a corner where if I don't wear a black t-shirt each day, I'm going to get snarky comments <laughs> all day long. Like I wore an orange t-shirt one day. Oh, are you like, in middle school? You're acting oh, like their I'm eyes the were being blinded. Guy. Yeah, they were acting like their eyes were being blinded, taking screenshots and stuff. And I'm like, all right, all right. Dude, he That's- did like full 2007 scene, <laughs> kid. Did it say crush <laughs> on it in big font? It's just in Patagonia. It's just a, had a bunch of tape decks kind of scattered around on there. I did do something earlier this week where I, I hopped onto a call and it was like, you know, first week back from, from New Year's and everything. And midway through the call, it was just a check-in with one of my managers. And I was like, oh, I didn't get dressed for work. I was wearing a black t-shirt with a band logo on it. <laughs> so after I got off with them, I went and switched to a regular black t-shirt, came back and I was like, all right, ready to start the day. <laughs> Need that clean slate. Exactly. Okay. So here's a question for you. Do you guys ever watch that YouTuber shoe on head? Uh, nope. I've seen some videos like way back in the day. I think. Yeah. She's I don't pretty know funny. She, she does some, well, 
I've sent you stuff from her before. I think you, oh. you would know her if you saw okay. her. But so she's done a bunch of videos about like, I don't know. It's usually like gender related stuff or, you know, slightly political things, whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's done some videos recently about like male loneliness and, <laughs> okay. and some of the things playing it, which. OK, I know it's like a thing that is a little cartoonish sometimes but you know it actually is a thing it that, is, a that real is affecting thing. some people and it's it's rough on some people but one of the things that she was talking about in the in the video was that like men remember every single compliment that they've ever gotten yep. because there's four of them <laughs> 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 and it's so true because like are, like April and I go places and she gets like three compliments per day, no matter where we go. It's like, I love your hair. Oh, I love your eyeshadow. And it's true. It's, it's literally been, I don't know, maybe five over the years. Do you, do you remember a specific one? Oh, definitely. And actually, I was explaining this to my wife this summer because we went to, she had just gotten, like, she has a couple sunflowers tattooed on her arm. Uh, and so she, she had one for a couple of years, then she got a second petal or like second flower on there. And, you know, they're about you know, that big. Uh, I'm holding my fingers about three inches apart and we went out and she got compliments on it like all day long, which is funny. Like, I guess people can kind of tell the ink looks newer or something, but just, but she had the other one on her arm for a while, but people are just coming out of the woodwork to tell her how much they like it. And I was just kind of chuckling about that. And she's asking why. And I was like, no one has ever like complimented a single one of my tattoos that's just not and i'm not like maybe hers does look better than mine but i was just explaining i was like yeah i've, I've men remember the compliments they get because they don't get compliments from random people like i mean obviously you know your mom and your grandma are gonna say you look nice but i'm assuming for this we're talking about like some random person's like oh i like your hair i like your outfit i like your whatever yeah absolutely yeah not. absolutely not i used to get compliments when i first started working in the office i wore shirt stays you know like the suspenders that go around your feet <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and keep your shirt tucked in like go around um, your feet i don't know what garters oh, let me let me explain this to casey so uh tall people have a hard time keeping their shirts tucked in oh okay so do fat people i know this game <laughs> so being tall and fat i had to uh <laughs> <laughs> like but, check but, and check yeah, but uh, I, I wore shirt stays and I wore like jackets and stuff in the office. And uh, I, I used to get compliments then because I Frosty worked... the snowman can't keep his chinos up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was when I used to dress like I wear, I'd wear a jacket each day and, and I would always like color coordinate outfits and stuff. And I would get a handful uh, of those, but it was nightmare. always like there was even like a veneer of snark that came along with that too. Like, oh, got a big job interview today, huh? Or like, oh, whose funeral is it? Like. And then you would get some genuine compliments. <laughs> funeral is it? You're like, actually, my I'm going to my grandmother's funeral later. <laughs> you're like, oh fuck. But uh, weird for them. I'm trying to think of what's the last genuine one I got. I actually can't remember. I feel like I had a shirt for a minute where I got like two or three compliments on it. And I probably subconsciously wore it way too much and wore it out. Oh, a hundred percent. You're yeah. like, there's something about this shirt. Like this is just this works for me. Yeah, I gotta say I get um I actually get a a lot of compliments on my glasses. That's the number one most complimented thing about me. I have a couple. They of are cool. Pairs. I have a couple of different pairs. The ones I'm wearing right now, if you're only listening, it's like it's like a clear blue, and it transitions into a yellow as it gets to the bottom of the frames, like a clear yellow. 
It looks um, like something Samuel L. Jackson would wear for a Capital One commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, also, I'll take that as a compliment. I'll yeah, take yeah. that one. Casey, again, with the hyper-specific but incredibly true <laughs> anecdote. My other ones are just like the, like the black frame on the top with like the metal gold rim on the bottom with a gold bridge. But I've got a lot of compliments about that one, too. So glasses, number one most complimented thing about me in the past few months, I, which is cool. Like when you because it's hard to switch that up. I had just like the thick ish, like the typical, like regular ass black rim glasses for the past decade. Mm-hmm. And this year I was like the past year, I was like, I got to switch this shit up. Uh, got a couple of different pairs and it was, oh, it's like, that's a very noticeable thing. If you wear glasses every day, it's incredibly noticeable when you change that up. And I'm also at the, now I'm like, I kind of want to buy a couple more pairs. Like, why not just switch it up? Because now I'm like at a point where I'm like, I can match my glasses to what I'm wearing. I can choose what pair of glasses. You're doing the same thing as Casey. You're like, these people like these glasses. I need to get more of these glasses. Yeah. Can I wear two pairs of glasses? And it's understandable. And you should lean in because you're human and that's enough. Yeah. And it's more noticeable than like a shirt, right? Like a shirt is like, oh, cool. I wear this shirt. But glasses you have to wear and you are really only able to wear so many pairs that it's like why not why not Sam, just you, like expand do you get lots yeah. of compliments on your backwards baseball hats uh no mm-hmm. i don't okay that no chance. one talks about my hats my and I, by hats you mean hat i wear one hat and it's probably gross and i did so all right you I only have, have the one yeah i i have a couple others but i don't really wear i rarely wear them just because i like the black hat it goes mostly with everything and it's very much like i don't get a lot of haircuts i get like a haircut every several months uh i i had long hair for a decade i think that's come up and then when like i cut it finally after my son was born i just like have i still feel like i just cut my hair and i don't know how to get haircuts and i'll I'll get so like I grow my hair will just start growing out for a while. Like a lot of people get their hair cut every like five weeks, six weeks. That's what I do. Yeah. That's like the normal. I'll do like three or four months, maybe get three haircuts a year. I feel like, and I just, I don't, if I'm not at work, I just have a hat on. So I don't care. I don't think about it. It's not on my radar to, to do that. Uh, Now it's definitely more now that I like can't wear hats at work or, I'm not working from home much. So it's like, or not in by much. I mean, not at all. So I don't know. I, the hat became a thing for me to just like cover up the fact that I hate getting haircuts because once I get my haircut, I don't wear a hat for like four weeks and I go, it looked good. I'm happy. I got a, a nice haircut. And now I like just, so the hat thing is just kind of part of my personality at this point. And that's mostly out of like hair neglect. And see, there again, like I wear a hat a lot of the time when I'm not at work, but I have, God, I don't know how many hats I have. I bet you I have 30 different hats. <laughs> right now your hat is, uh, you're a rambling man. Yeah, I do like this one. It's a cool one. I get a lot of targeted hat ads on Instagram, so I end up with, you know, sassy little ones like this. <laughs> yeah, it's kind you of fun. Five- I get a lot of targeted ads for five panel hats. I'm not What's, sure oh, why, because I don't what, own one. 
uh, I have one I can send you that I bought on a lark, and then I was like, I absolutely hate this. Like, I'm not a five panel hat guy, as it turns out. That's I've got the wrong shape and everything for it. I haven't yeah. tried it yet. They look cool. When I see pictures of the hat, I go, that's cool. I see a lot of pictures of things that look cool, and then I put them on and <laughs> realize quickly that I'm not ready for that. I, what's the last targeted ad that really got you? Because I think we'd all like to pretend like we're above targeted ads. Oh. Sometimes those ads are pretty well targeted. Hooey. Like, Hooey. What's Hooey? H-O-O-O-O-Y-I. Some, it, they have cool shirts. Yeah, it's a like couple, a Western brand. Yeah, a couple of them looked dope. I bought three. And one looks absolutely nothing like the picture. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing like it. I, and I don't know why I didn't return it immediately. I wore it once. I spent like $23 on it. Not a ton of money, but it's it does not look great. It looks nothing like the pic. The picture looks so dope. If that if it looked like the picture, I would have been wearing it constantly. It's like if it's like if you like the picture is how it should be, but the only way it ever looks is if you're like someone with horrible eyesight that took off their glasses and you're looking at it from a distance. The colors It's like a, a Big Mac ad versus what comes in the cardboard box. Yeah. The colors bleed. It, it's not it's like yeah, it's the same pattern but there's no vibrancy to the colors. They all bleed into each other. It's a shit ass shirt. Um <laughs> two of the ones I did get from them looked good, but I bought 3 at once and one of them looked like absolute dog shit. I would rather die than return something online. It's a nightmare. I bought I die a, a thousand deaths rather than send something back to yep. a company. We were just I, talking about that because we had to buy some dog shoes and we measured the length of their feet instead of the width of their feet. And now we have to make a return and I rather die. It's how, how much were the shoes? shoes how expensive? Yeah, they're enough to where you I'm not going to just like you have to pay for shipping, right? And that's why I hate it. You go. So I bought a pair of shorts recently because there was a sale. Now I I'm experimenting. It's not shorts weather, right? Uh, these are some four inch inseams. I'm four not, inch yeah. inseams. <laughs> Send them back. No, <laughs> that's no, enough. No. Nope. I'm sending you the five panel hat. You got to be all in or not. <laughs> <laughs> what color are the shorts? Oh, khaki, baby. Khaki shorts. Okay. All right. And so I, I'm in between sizes, right? So it's always like. No, that the, sounds like the smallest one. <laughs> the, the largest size of, the, of a small versus like the smallest size of a medium is like I'm literally in between it constantly. So I never know what size to buy. Um, but I bought these because they were on sale and I've been eyeing them for a minute and I wanted to give them a shot. But I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I bought them. They've been in my drawer with the tags on for eight weeks now, and I don't know what to do with them. I, I, maybe I should buy a medium. I bought the small. They fit. It's an elastic waistband. Well, That's so what's, why I gambled with a small. Elastic yes, what's the, what's the problem then? Because I'm just like, I, I'll never not get it out of my head that possibly the medium would fit better or look better. So I will probably did you, did you pick khaki in case your chicken skin duffel bag hangs out the bottom? <laughs> uh that's where the box of briefs come in real handy. But 
Where are you getting those short enough. short enough inseams? They got to be short enough to survive the four inch <laughs> inseam, man. Yeah. He's got oh, yeah. some Jeremiah sock garters, but for his ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> I wear a jock strap under my shorts. It's called mouth tape, but uh... <laughs> I just do the butter, the Steve O butterfly where you staple your nutsack to your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I handle that. Short because it's summer. I'm trying to enjoy my summer, man. When it when you go, it's like 90 degrees out. It's hot. It's like, yeah. But does extra one fooling? or two inches of inseam make that oh, big of a difference? It it's great, man. It's a good feel, man. Because Sam, all my Sam, running have, shorts have, are okay. That. Do you have like skinny thighs though? Mm, they're or proportional. Do you, like of? you're an overall slim guy. I I mean this Generally, with all due respect. Yeah. Mine okay, is like but, I get the beer gut, uh, and that's why I'm working on that. Is like. I mean, shoulders. So I'm a I'm a generally a smaller framed man. Okay, uh, but when I so when I gain weight, it's just literally all in my gut, and it just has that like pregnant protrusion. You know, I ask so. because I'm wearing like the shorts that I wear all the time are I think they're a seven inch inseam. They might be Ooh, a six. That so is long, baby. They're the shortest shorts I've ever had. And when your thighs they are this cargo big, pockets on the sides, they just eat shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Casey knows what I'm talking about, I, or Casey, you may not be the type to ever you wear do shorts. Squats? You do a I lot avoid of squats? shorts if possible. I, I I used I mean I used to do a lot of squatting before the back injuries, and actually that's how I hurt myself. One of the like one of the compounding injuries on my back was I wore the wrong pair of shorts to the gym one day, and when you squat, you know your thighs expand, and they expand and hit the limits of how far the shorts could stretch, and it pitched me forward a little bit because my thighs locked up. So. I'm saying I got big thighs and eyes for days. I don't think four inch shorts. I think it would be like indecent. Like, I think that's something I think, I think it's relative is what I'm that's saying. A, like you're four exposing inch... a, yeah. a level of like that's ex- that would expose parts of my body that have never seen the sun before. Well, you say that about like regular a... shorts to be fair. <laughs> well, like a seven inch inseam on me. I'm like, I'm like a juggalo, like tripping over them. <laughs> Like I those mean, are well past the knee. I gotta tan my thighs up, baby. All my running, I look. This past summer was like I got. I I'm a running shorts guy. I I love a short pair of running shorts. Get a lot of sun. You tan up a little bit. You hate clothes. You have but, a lot of like really strong, passionate opinions yeah. about. The problem is, <laughs> the, the short shorts look weird when you don't tan your legs like when you're when like right above your knees is tan and then you have like this white like super white right above it that's a bad look uh i so i have to commit i gotta get used to it i i i just love the idea i love them i love them i think they're cool i've only been made fun of for them by every member of my family so that's fine okay that's not cool i whether or not i think it's a good idea to wear four inch shorts all right, no wait. Uh, actually, I got into this conversation with some friends the other day. How tall is the rise? Like, how high waisted are they? I mean, just what sits like a couple inches below your an inch and a half below your do, belly button. That's normal. Do you right? wish that like men's pants were available in different like waist options, like women's are? Mm. Oh yeah, like like height you, of the yeah the rise mid rise and stuff. Oh hell yeah, you, you can get jeans that, for like for women that like are covering several ribs. Like it's not possible yeah. to sit down wearing these jeans. Like yeah. you can, the crop top can get shorter and the jeans can get taller proportionately. And that's like, the new thing. It feels like, like you could wear a crop top crop top and not 
really show right like, it, you it, just it, have the high-waisted jeans and it's like a cool look and it makes uh, you look taller or something i guess yeah, like, have a, like really men's good men's. for clothes man i feel like they're they're oh, okay to- uh, that's Sam, I don't know. I don't know if that's a stance you want the podcast mm. to take. Women have it really good for clothes. They have a lot of options, that's for sure. Okay, a lot of which uh, too many options. Op- been the right way to phrase that. <laughs> but I was thinking about it because I was folding laundry. Who has today. it? They're shopping for clothes. Lady. I was fold. I was folding laundry today, and I'm like, yep. Yeah, my <laughs> my wife has so many options. It's like because look, the bell bottom flare type shit is back full force mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. it was i felt like it was exclusively skinny jean for a long time which i'm glad you know i'm glad we're past that uh but women have a lot of options for pants i feel like for jeans i'm like like you can't just like wear trip pants and then go to like regular pants. like if you men are pretty locked into a jean style you pick your style of jeans and that's where you're locked into women can just like fashion the fuck out of whatever they want and it it's pretty cool uh i guess you could like argue that someone like justin bieber wears goofy shit and it's like or kanye like they just wear whatever they wear like interesting things you go that's different but that doesn't translate to like regular daily wear for the average man by any means no it's like going into urban outfitters like Urban Outfitters is such an annoying store because I feel like it's the it's like a perfect expression of a of a like early twenties American teen, yeah, like American adult, you know. See, like, what do they sell these days? I'm, I'm looking them up. I haven't even. It's checked it's them out. the most cartoonish, annoying version of like, like shredded pants. Ever shredded pants seem like a, I'm seeing those more. Those are back. Yeah, where they're just like annihilated. Yeah, fashion's just Maybe. cyclical. Oh yeah, man, everything is uh super baggy and ugly now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we're like on vacation, we end up in a spot where there's an American or an urban outfitters and you go walking in there and I'm like, I hate like every bit of this seems like a person who takes themselves really seriously but is trying to look like they don't care. It's it's so yeah. annoying to me. It's and then all the like, like the stupid knickknacks and crap like that that they sell there. It's just like plastic junk that you might as well, you might as well just throw it in the back of a truck and dump it in the ocean because that's where it's like all headed in the next like two years. It's like throwaway clothing for for five times the price that it should be. Yeah, fast this looks fashion. pretty terrible. I'm that's browsing their stuff right problem. now. It's it's awful. Yeah, wow. yeah. This is awful. it's it is it's like TikTok distilled into a store <laughs> yeah which is the mall essentially at this point but yeah cargo <laughs> pants are back and that is a tough pill to swallow not i'm not yeah, here for it not for me i don't know if i'll <laughs> end up there i might be late to fashion uh, uh sam you're not going to be like you can't put pockets on shorts <laughs> that short but what? short shorts are definitely trendy. You gotta have the pockets hanging out the bottom like yeah. a like you know, cut off your jeans, dog. Like Megan Fox would wear or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you cut your <laughs> jeans off, but it's like uh 
I think of like Jessica Simpson in like 1997. Do we have any references that aren't 20 years old? <laughs> no. <laughs> because the fashion that's coming back is from 20 yeah. years ago, Jeremiah. Like fashion, references are cyclical. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> Remember the Dukes of Hazard reboot? Yeah. <laughs> when we oh, were man, in college. Imagine trying to reboot the Dukes of Hazard now. Imagine trying to pitch that in any like any modern media boardroom. Of like, yeah. all right, now the general, lead, we're going to have yeah. to make some changes. <laughs> How about a car with a Confederate flag logo on the front? It's going to be Bumblebee from the Transformers movies with the Gadsden flag on it saying, don't tread on me. <laughs> <laughs> and they so try dope. to do like a Ghostbusters thing where it's yeah. like a, a Mini Cooper with a BLM flag on the yeah. front. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see like the most obnoxious people in hollywood sitting in a writer's room like pitching that idea <laughs> the italian job but every car is just um it's like this, the mini cooper with the british flag on it was a thing so just so that's it'll be it. the dukes it'll be the dukes of oakland now the only paint job allowed for mini coopers is just shitty flags like a back the blue flag you know? <laughs> <laughs> back the Oh wait, that could be that better. Would a, be hilarious. A back the Union Jack, a back the Union Jack one with a Mini Cooper because they're British. And just have it be like a British like fish out of water show. <laughs> Boris Johnson on the hood of your car, just spreading his thighs. Back the crown. <laughs> oh man, I love that idea. Mini Coopers are goofy, but. Fuck, man. It's, Don't buy one. They're funny cars. Yeah, and just remember, under the hood, it's a BMW, and you're going to have to pay BMW money to keep it running. Oh, that's a, sure. that's a, a much like an American Eagle t-shirt. They're uh, Urban Outfitters t-shirt. That is a lease it and then throw it in the ocean sort of car. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Just you don't want to own it. I, I think if I was really wealthy... You know, you always think about like, what are some of the frivolous things you would do? I'm assuming we all have these thoughts, right? What are some frivolous things you would do to just enjoy your wealth? Let's assume you've done all the charity. You've done all the good things. You're being an upstanding. Which I'm not going to do. That's fine. Uh, In this delusion, I am. Uh, But I would also probably spend five to $10,000 a week on Facebook Marketplace buying stupid cars that I'm like, I've always (laughs) wanted to try one of those. And like, you can find some cheap Mini Coopers. Let me tell you what. A lot of like German luxury cars that are 15 years old, you can get those for that much money. You're not going to be driving them very long, but you can get them. Like I would, I would have like a rotating graveyard. You could fit twice as many Mini Coopers in your car as you can regular cars. So economically, it's a good move. If you get a two car garage, you can definitely fit four Mini Coopers in there. I would try to get away with it by structuring it as a charity. Like I, you know, I, I source the cars and then give them to needy people, but I think I could probably be prosecuted for a crime for like all the cars I'd be buying to give to people who wouldn't be fit for them to have. <laughs> there was BMW had a, a luxury car in the early two thousands. Uh, when, when the new seven series came out in like 2002, um, you could adjust the percentage of heat. Uh, and I think vibration between the seat bottom and the seat back in 1% increments. How well do you think any of those cars still work today? (laughs) (laughs) The vibration. Like the massage feature. Damn, dude, I would fall asleep so fucking fast. Dude, you can get an F-150 with massaging seats now. That's like, that is a a full-blown thing. 
of course, I mean, that's an F-150 that costs like $110,000. So that's the world we live in. Yeah, because they put the same massager in it that cost you $20 on Amazon to put against the back of your chair. But yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. None of those are ever. None of those things ever feel good. I like them. (laughs) I I use one almost every night because my body is falling apart. Casey, have you ever used something like a Theragun? Oh, dude, those things no. like the real deal. rule. We, so we had a cheap gun that broke, and I replaced it. I got a used Theragun off eBay for like seventy bucks, and it's a. It will. Is that the one that's like a little round jackhammer dildo? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It has so much torque that, like, if my wife was massaging like the, on the side of my shoulder and neck, I had a tight muscle yesterday, and like your teeth are rattling inside your skull the entire time that yeah. thing is going. Oh, it's that, so that sounds terrible. Is that you feel so much better the next build? day? Uh, yes, yeah, it has a triangle. It's not yeah. the smaller. There's one that's just a triangle. This is like an open triangle, like it's a three yes, handles because it lets you do it yourself and get the right angles. It's the MySpace yeah. angles for massage therapy. Casey, I'm I'm just imagining, given that it's you, you probably have a lot of muscle tension that has never properly been stretched or massaged out of you. Dude, I don't have any back anything. I don't have any soreness ever. Like, I'm not I, moving things around back I there because everything's what, working great. What, what what are you drinking tonight? A monster? A Mountain Dew? <laughs> What's I will of- die suddenly. Yeah. When I inevitably drop dead in the next, like, three years, I want, okay, I want you guys to commit right now to telling everyone that it was the vaccine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> You are on a crash course towards heart failure, for sure. <laughs> Doctor said it could be myocarditis. I don't know. <laughs> the vaccine gave him heart stones. <laughs> heart stones. <laughs> Wait, but I saw you look down. What did you look down at? What are you drinking? Yeah, uh, this is a Prime. Ah, nice. the, an Amazon Prime. Paul. Is it the that's the Logan Paul? This is the Logan Paul one. Yeah. Oh god. Which is my least favorite part of it. He's like a such an annoying human being, but it they're very good. <laughs> and they have like 200 milligrams of caffeine in one can. Ah, there it is. I got um on a Amazon god subscribe damn. and save. Why do you yeah. why are you drinking that now? Why do you need that? Cuz I'm ready to go. Cuz he, he <laughs> like, Well, I mean, that's asking why does Nephilim. Yeah, asking why he needs it right now is asking, like, why do you keep having to do the drugs every day, Casey? Why do you have to do it? <laughs> Caffeine, of all things. The, you know what? I would love them to create. Like, they should create a nicotine beverage. I want nicotine in my beverages. My body I mean, is literally like the, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, where you just, like, dump a very specific mixture of garbage into the top and forward motion happens. Like, that's that's what it does. Ah, so we got booted and came back. But to finish my thought, uh, that is one of my goals this early this year is to clean up uh, my diet and my substance abuse, which <laughs> is, is the worst. It's like the dumbest, lamest, least cool. It would be cooler to be addicted to like Zins than to be <laughs> like, oh, I drink five hours all the time. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a five-hour energy drink. Same. I've never had one either. I, I mean, they can't don't start. Yeah, it's they like can't doing shots. It's doing shots. Yeah, but like it. Less. It's fun. not about like it doesn't matter what it tastes like. It's just poison that keeps you going. 
<laughs> and you look at the ingredients list, it's like packed with things that are supposedly going to give you energy based on some pseudoscience study that isn't backed up by any peer reviewed research. But oh, that's the thing that you do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, FDA peer reviewed research. Yeah, Casey's not reading the label. He's reading the vibes. And the just, vibes say it's time wow. to go. It's got all sorts of means in it. It's got to be creamine fair, and polyamorine and, you know, polyethylene and whatnot. Yeah, that's gasoline, uh, propylene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's funny because even the FDA is like, well, everything on that list in other things is technically safe to ingest. So we'll like give it a pass until we can actually get to that. <laughs> and then it's just like, who knows what the chemical reaction in your stomach is. But I mean, uh, five hour has been around for a minute. So I don't feel like the government's effect. overly concerned about whether or not we're poisoning ourselves at yeah, this Sam, point. Sam, you're right. Marlboro has been around for a minute. If there was anything <laughs> wrong with that product. They have a Surgeon General warning. Come they on. wouldn't just sell something on the gas station countertop that was bad to put in your body, okay? <laughs> if this were like 1952, I would be the person like popping radium pills. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your your goal, you're trying to you'll clean up your diet. It looks like you're working towards that. I'm gonna give a quick dry January update because it's only the seventh that we're recording this. But so far, sticking to it. Uh easier than I thought. Uh I gotta say though, people who a lot of people I know who like quit drinking or like after several days are like, I wake up feeling so much clearer, I feel so much better. I feel the exact same. I wake up and still feel like shit because waking up sucks and I'm getting enough sleep. I'm getting like seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. I might try to up that to like work towards closer to eight. Um, I got to say it's easier to go to bed early. I go to bed earlier now because I'm not like, well, I guess I'll have another drink before I go to bed. Now I'm like, well, I've been playing video games for two hours. Now I'm bored. I'm going to go to bed. So are you a better driver now? No, I mean, <laughs> cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, definitely better driver. Do you feel like you're out of the pocket a little bit more? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not, you're not rolling as many automobile gutter balls. No, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sorry I, I bet we support I think, you Sam. we support you that's what i meant no it <laughs> came out wrong but i i'm like i just kind of feel the same in the mornings it, waking up still sucks uh so i don't know last night was like a we had my friend's christmas party i had already mentioned that i planned on drinking for that i did woke up things were normal now i'm just gonna like ride this out for the rest of the month and it's it is what it is it's not hard i actually thought it'd be harder like Day one and two, maybe three. I'm like, God, I just want to drink because it's very habitual. Uh, but I have moved on to tea. I need something to sip on at night. And that's what I've I realized I've established habits. Uh, and the easiest way to like address that directly is to just shift habits and instead of just like do nothing. Uh, seltzer's fine i like i do like seltzer that that's helpful because i would drink vodka seltzer but so i now i just drink seltzer and it's something to sip on but i've really shifted into tea all like for the past five days i'm drinking like five or six cups of decaf tea every night it's just like which is cool and now i'm staying more hydrated uh that's good 
So I don't know. Now it's the seventh. We're recording this on uh, January seventh. So now I have what twenty three ish more days to go, and it seems like it'll just be fine. I'm. It was. It's actually a lot easier than I thought. I'm hoping that by like the end of the month, I can just establish a pattern of like. I'll drink sometimes, but kind of. I my 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 goal is to just be done with drinking during the week and. I even weekend like I don't I guess I guess I just don't really want to anymore um, unless I'm like I mean hanging good with people like, or make that choice oh Friday night this will be fine but not every Friday not to make that a pattern I'm trying to like rid myself of patterns regarding drinking and just make it a thing that I do sometimes um, so I guess we'll see how things happen when they roll into February I promise to be honest i'm not gonna be like oh i'm still doing good it's february if i start drinking a lot in february again i'll i'll mention it on the podcast i'm not I was super gonna worried say, about it's it. like you could always just lie right and i but i don't want to i just i've owned the fact that i've i mean this is five days is the longest i've gone without a drink going five days without drinking is the longest i've gone without a drink in well over a year so it's become a very big pattern in my life uh, that I don't love. Uh, I don't love that it's just the default thing I've done. Uh, I think that's becoming more and more common for people. I think it's more talked about, which is good. That's helpful. It's nice. I know a lot of people who feel the same way. I have some, I know people who are doing the same thing that I am, which is helpful uh, to have those conversations with people who are in the same boat. So finish out January strong and uh, see see what February looks like and how I'm feeling and where I'm at. But I, this is my goal is to just end January and not have this be like, like, cause even if I go, I, I won't drink during the week, I'll drink on Friday night, and Saturday night. It's like that, that just still feels like I'm just choosing to stay in this pattern. That's not helpful. Like, it's like I'm making myself do things, not because it's like, I don't know. That that just feels like an such an intentional just, just move. Just let it be like, fun. Yeah. Like it's a fun thing to do when it makes sense to do, and then rather than like a a rigorous oh, this schedule, helps feels me like get through the problem. week is the yeah. fact that I get to drink tonight or whatever. Yes. You know. Yes. I feel like making a rigorous schedule like that and allowing it for like here these days is like I'm just waiting to get to those days, and it feels like I'm I'm not really dealing with the actual problem. So I, I think feel like 98% of people's testimonials is just placebo effect. Yeah. Like do you have friends like that, that like whether it's diet or they start a new medication or whatever it is. And it's like two days into it. They're like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. I, right. I slept for the Which, first time and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, that medicine's supposed to take like two weeks to even like hit your system. Yeah. I'm actually starting to think now that maybe anxiety meds would be helpful, despite the fact that people in my life have been telling me that for a while. Uh, I, I'm like, th- like even for the past, like I, I'm just like annoyed about it. I think I'm like the what I'm realizing in when I, I'm like recognizing my annoyance with things, and that that annoyance like comes. Was really like taking taking the edge off of that. You think? Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. like, 
I have too many pets. I don't love that I have all the pets I have. I love my animals. I hate owning pets. I don't like owning animals, really. Uh, but you do establish a connection with the ones you have, so I love them. I currently have a cat that is dying and will be put to sleep in the next few weeks. That does suck. He was my that second pet. Love this cat. Wonderful cat. Honestly, the sweetest cat I've ever had. Uh, never has once bitten, scratched anything. He just, he's just chill. He sits on you. He purrs really loud. He's a cuddly cat. Uh, it sucks. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cry when he dies. Uh, we broke the news to my children two days ago, and my six-year-old son began like wailing wailing throws his head back starts sobbing crying scream crying it was like holy shit this is the hardest thing i've probably ever done is break this news to him and see this reaction and then he goes but this, this cat is an it's an orange cat short fur uh and he goes can, can we get another orange cat that looks just like saber and name him saber I'm like <laughs> probably not because you don't do that with animals you don't just rename them the same thing and get ones that look the same but it's uh it that's anyway i have I don't even remember how I got here. Oh, um, poor kid. I yeah, it was just that's been a, a a very sad situation going on here. But anyway, went from dry January to dead cats. We have some uh, spiritual beings to talk about, and I don't want to soak up any more time. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So back a while ago, uh, Sam, I think you talked about the Nephilim a little bit. I did, yeah. It was like one of our bringer episodes where it's a Genesis brought, like a topic to talk about. Yep. But um, this recently came up in my personal life because I have a relative that's gotten really into this over the past couple of weeks, <laughs> and uh, I I had heard of them. I knew there was like some talk about them in conspiracy circles because I remember it like popping up, like. Conspiracy, the conspiracy theory community, I think when you're on the outside of it, seems like a monolith of people who all kind of believe the same thing. It's like, oh, there's fluoride in the water. Uh, The planes are spraying, you know, compliance chemicals on us all day long. Uh, You know, Bill Clinton's a pedophile. (laughs) You know, the the, the, at least one of those is true that you said. (laughs) The The original trilogy. At least one of those, and probably the last, you know, likely. Yeah, he's not having a good week in press, that's for sure. As much as the media is, like, trying to do him favors. Like, just because his name pops up on the list, that doesn't mean that he did anything wrong, okay? It's just, it's on the list, but that doesn't mean, it's like, it's on the list 50 times. (laughs) It came up 50 times in these, like, depositions. Even still, you know, I don't want to pass judgment. We don't like it. We in the media, we don't like to throw around accusations without like, you know, a, a sufficient amount of proof behind them. That's for Unless sure. their first name is Donald and their last name is Trump. <laughs> then it's like you were like 
in the same vicinity as someone who might have done something a decade ago, and that'll come up frequently. Look, and fuck Trump. <laughs> fuck him to the ends of the earth. But yeah, it's like, just... let's be fair in the way that we like represent, because it's like, we're going to like just gloss over Bill Clinton liking him young and not deal with the fact that for all the reasons Trump's a dog shit fucking loser, he his name on that list in the way that it comes up in the deposition is like, it's not, it's the least damning. Let's put it that way. It's the least damning out of anyone who shows up. And I don't know. I just, I, like, I yeah. the fact it, that there's so much focus on that is pretty hilarious <laughs> to me. Cause it's like, we have them on like a hundred different charges right now. And now you want to like stick with some loosely correlated bullshit because he, was hung out with Epstein for a little bit before he was banned from Mar-a-Lago. It's like, uh, let's just nail him on the shit we have and stop making shit up. This is like yeah. Russian prostitutes <laughs> peeing down Maybe try throat to, all over. Try to him. land the plane once. Yeah. <laughs> like we're on, we're on, you know, like try number 430 That's of like trying bad. to get something to stick to him. And like, you guys are so dumb that you cried wolf all of these that nobody nobody's even paying attention anymore <laughs> anyways uh conspiracy theory circles vary a lot and uh there's a lot of different little individual subsects of that group of people um and there's the people who are really maybe i'm more in the camp of people who are kind of like just generally suspicious of government and tend to believe that maybe like you know like there's some pretense to think that false flags are real in some situations and that you know maybe the cia had something to do with blowing kennedy's head off and <laughs> you know those there's also like uh the alex jones types that just sort of float between all these different things but tend to stick to like the most subs like sensational normal realm stuff that they can find. Right. Then there's, it just goes downhill from there to the point where like you get to reptilian. I remember the first time I heard about pe people talk about like reptilians. That was the most insane thing I'd ever heard. I thought it was legitimately a joke, like a satire, like a birds aren't real kind of conspiracy theory. Yeah. But at the time I didn't know that there was people who thought the planet was flat <laughs> or that space wasn't real or that dinosaurs were fake but basically like all of these little like subsects of that con community of people they all kind of rally around certain waypoints and there's a few of them epstein is kind of one of those right um another one that i have found is all of this stuff surrounding Nephilim and the Watchers and the Book of Enoch, which uh, is a sick. lot of a lot of people dip their toe into this this little pool now, here. Enoch is quoted in the Bible, maybe once, maybe twice, not frequently, but I feel like I feel like the word Enoch shows up, but obviously Enoch was never canonized for obvious reasons, uh, but it. It shows you that it was in in circulation. You mean that, the, specifically the Book of Enoch was never canonized? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, but it was in circulation. People knew about it in that people in the time that even the new the New Testament authors were writing, they were grappling with the information in it, that it was circulated enough and widespread enough where there was like, yeah, we can address this to it one degree or another. Yeah. And all of this kind of coalesces around the point that, um, you know, like you said, Enoch is, is talked about in Genesis and uh, basically says that he was a righteous man and it it's insinuates that he didn't die. That just said that like Enoch walked with God and it almost seems like an Elijah situation where God just took him up because he was a righteous man in a really wicked world. Right. Uh, but then there's a section in Genesis chapter six, like kind of right around that same period. And I'll just read it because this kicks off the whole thing. And this is why it all ties into all these different like Christian communities and stuff. It says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives of which they cho- of all of, of all which they chose. God, I hate King James. <laughs> and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Uh, Then it goes into the fact that like God saw the wickedness of the earth and all this stuff. And that's where the flood comes in, right? He preps Noah, he floods the earth, kills everybody. And it all kind of coalesces around that time period where Enoch was seen as like this righteous guy in this really awful world. And we have this passage about the sons of God, um, which everybody seems to kind of agree for the most part that that insinuates that these were angels Mm -hmm. uh, that made their way to earth, took human wives and uh, begat sons that were giants. Yeah. And uh, I love the shit out of this lore. I love it. (laughs) It, I honestly think it's awesome. I hate that growing up Christian, we didn't get any of this. We missed it all. We got this verse, but like it was never really explained because I don't know how, like besides the fact that a lot of it, it would like, you know, people assume that the sons of God refers to angels who took human wives and stuff that also begats a lot of questions that I don't think someone would know how to answer. And like, you don't want to answer wrong. Like you're not trying to be sacrilegious, but you don't actually know. So, well, yeah, that's kind of the central thing here is that this is a, a kind of an uncomfortable section of scripture because a lot of this doesn't really line up with the very regimented view of like, well, there's there's a few different kinds of beings. There's God, and then there's angels, and then there's demons, and there's Satan, and there's people. Yeah. You know, this kind of introduces some gray area into the whole thing. You know, and angels. What I think is particularly interesting about it uh that got left out of our religious education is that essentially so we all know greek mythology to some extent most of it probably comes from watching disney's hercules uh and that's i was fun. not allowed to watch it i was not allowed it. to watch that either Whoa, so uh, that's not that's like a special level. my knowledge comes from reading because i was homeschooled yeah. <laughs> but the titans were giants they were monsters that were in uh that were like 
in conflict with the gods, right? Uh, and they ended up being trapped under a mountain. Now, this is kind of similar to like even so by the time we have greek mythology you go they didn't just make that up the year that greek mythology became a thing this was lore that had been passed down and had finally been written down and had of course evolved over the years but what's crazy is that like if you look at it in a parallel sense the watchers the nephilim these giants they it's essentially the same lore it's the same lore and it's people who are familiar with the same stories it's the titans the titans were like half god half whatever it's like i think that's what's so funny is like there's so much overlap between like other mythologies and like in cosmologies that like at the time that these were written it was like it was just a working understanding that this is how the world began and there was some overlap and certain stories kind of crossed into other religious, religious history. Well, that's uh, a central part of like why this all kind of fits into the conspiracy realm, because the great thing about being uh, a conspiracy theorist that doesn't have to be like nailed down to any flat set of principles, like the Bible is inerrant and all truth is contained therein. And, it's to be interpreted literally, and that's it. Everything you, you need find, to know is right here. You can when find the similarities between everything. Is that it? Dude, the funny thing about it is that, like, it's, it's as we've gone on, you know, over the, over the years with the podcast, it is funny to realize that, like, certain things that they preached when we were younger are kind of true. Like the fact that like, oh, if you don't, if you're not hanging out with believers and in church, then like you, you might drift away because you're disconnected from the community, the body of Christ. That is true. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but that is true. Another thing is like, we were really in my church and a lot of people's, you know, it's the Bible is inerrant and it's to be interpreted literally. And the King James Bible is it. That's it. There's no other stuff. Right. When you like untether yourself from that structure you can go in all sorts of weird different directions which is kind of exactly what they said at the time you know and that's where all this comes into play because the book of enoch is kind of like this uh ancillary ancient text uh there's a few different spots where it shows up um it was part of the dead sea scrolls yeah, we're we contain the Book of Enoch. It's a part is, of the Ethiopian is there three Bible. Books? Is there th- two or three books of Enoch? I think there's three. It's like one giant that. text that's divided into a bunch of different books. There's like a hundred and some books in it. Yeah, first Enoch, second Enoch, and third Enoch. Okay, and then within that, there's like sections that are kind of determined, you know, deemed certain things. Like the Book of the Watchers is like Enoch six through. That's a pretty good something. name. It is pretty cool. Yeah. A lot, oh, yeah. Bible, see, a lot of Bible books are not named like super catchy names. I realize this is kind of off topic, but I don't know. I feel like they could be better. The Book of the Watchers is pretty solid. Book of the Watchers yeah. is pretty sweet. That's good. The Book of Enoch apparently only served, like you said, it only survives in its Ethiopian translation. That's crazy. So, yeah. So that was one of the things like when I was talking to my relative about this they were like 
well, it was originally part of the King James version. I'm like, I don't think it was. And they're like, oh, no. it was. And it's it's it doesn't contradict. It just expands upon. <laughs> Which is so like, funny. I don't know. Like, 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 fiction, it doesn't like contradict from Tumblr. It doesn't contradict. It just expands the universe to assume that all these characters were gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the rest of the Bible never says that they weren't gay, right? It doesn't say they weren't gay. So they must have been because this expands. That's what's so funny about things expanding. It doesn't. It expand. It just it introduces new material that's not addressed or contradicted by the rest of the Bible, which makes it reasonable. So I feel like I we could call that easily... the Bible of the gaps theory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I I started jump like really diving into this last night, and then I listened to crap about the Book of Enoch all day long. I'm pretty tired of it. I will not be listening to more of it after this. I will say that. Uh, I, I kind of went about this in the wrong way. I should have just pulled it out and read it first. But instead, I was like, well, I'll find something that sort of summarizes it, and then I'll listen to that. And immediately, I found like like six totally different ideas about the Book of Enoch and its significance and stuff. Like The first thing I listened to was like, should Christians read the Book of Enoch? And I've watched <laughs> like four or five different things now about that question, right? The first lady that I listened to, she is all about it. Um, I listened to several episodes of her podcast about the Book of Enoch. We touched on UFOs. We touched on vampires. <laughs> we, dude, it went all over the place. And it was like very regimented and well put together and stuff. Like she put together like a solid podcast about it. It's just nonsense. <laughs> it's the, it's not her. It's not her telling of the nonsense. It's the material is nonsense. Like Sometimes I wish I could enjoy life that much. Like, like you're not even trying to be disrespectful to the add-on to it, like fake quote unquote or, or not official book of the Bible. But this lady was nuts. <laughs> she feels like a sleuth. Like she was her. very organized in her like craziness. That's for sure. It was well done. Just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> But to be able to invest in that, like, look, if she was part of my family, I would want nothing to do with her. I would avoid any conversation around it. It would not be funny. It wouldn't be fun. But when you hear people who invest so deeply in something like this, that factor all of it out and make a multi-part series podcast on every aspect that they've been able to delineate marginally from the text it's like you've kind of had a lot of fun like i i know she does believe it she's obviously searching for meaning and purpose she's probably having the time of her life and when she like makes connections that she gets to like oh oh my god i see it this connects to this because of x y and z like you could just you could picture the joy in her face and, and we're all going to be we're all ending up in the same place. Her children, someday. her children are totally estranged from her. They hate her. Oh, I bet she's a great mom. She is just loving she's her life. She's a smart lady. We're all going to be dead someday. And I'll be dead in the exact same way that she'll be dead. And it won't Lost matter. Drinks. She found yeah, something to like keep her going. Way. Yeah, maybe not in the same way. 
I'll be dead much sooner, probably. She'll die of a very easily preventable disease. <laughs> that could have could have been yeah. vaccinated against, right? You'll you'll die of the thing on the warning labels that you keep looking past <laughs> as you go <laughs> the means. The means are gonna get me. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I listened to most like her stuff the most, but then I also listened to some more like traditional Bible believing pastors on it. I listened to some annoying like uh uh what's that douchebag that made the trans documentary? Matt Gates? Oh, Matt Walsh. Matt, uh, Walsh. Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. A uh, Matt Walsh style Matt. guy who dude, his YouTube channel was called like Right Answer Ministries. It was so perfect and on the nose. Oh my god! <laughs> and he looks exactly like uh like uh Matt. What's his face? Walsh. Matt okay. Walsh, and he's sitting in like a big like wide leather chair with like books behind him on a shelf. I hate him so much. Matt Walsh is horrifically stupid. I he, I was interested really in him is. over a decade ago when he was less controversial than he is now and christ he sucked then too well okay so let's let's just kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna glaze through the story here first as quickly as possible and then we'll talk about some of the offshoots and ideas about it and yes i did check the biggest secret the book that will change the world by david ike and there is some (laughs) nephilim references so we'll get to that in a second that is a thick book it's way too much. Thick That's boy sure. nation. Thick book nation. <laughs> okay, so there's this group of angels prior to the flood, all that, uh, called that that are known as the Watchers. Okay, and it starts out in Enoch chapter six. Basically, says that uh, it, it kind of restates the section in Genesis. But it says, and the angels, the sons of heaven, saw them and desired them. And they said one to another, come, let let us choose for ourselves wives from the children of men. Let us beget for ourselves children. And like over and over again, this is, I don't know exactly what to think of like the watchers, because in one sense, they are portrayed as being evil and like God is very upset with them. But then in another sense, like they really just seem like they kind of want to have families, (laughs) which is strange. (laughs) Like it just seems like they want to have kids. Um, So they basically in in chapter six. Yeah. They, they, they kind of all agree to this, this group of, of angels. And it says there's 200 of them. And they swear an oath on Mount Hermon to like do this together because the leader whose name is Semyaza was like, hey, we're all hyped about this. Right. But when we say go, I feel like I'm going to be the only one that goes down there and impregnates somebody and then (laughs) get sent to hell. So he's really breaking on the like, we're not going to all get arrested if we all (laughs) go at the same time. Yeah, we're going to do a stand by me thing and we're all going to like slice our penises open and touch the bloody ends together. And (laughs) that's the oath. If we all do a wife raid on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) It does list uh, a whole bunch of the leaders' names. There's Semyaza, there's Urikaiba. Ramiel, Kokakiel, Tamiel, Ramiel, Daniel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Amaros, and and so on and so forth. (laughs) And they all have special little uh, 
like knowledge that they impart to people later on in the story. So chapter seven, it says, and they took wives for themselves and everyone chose for himself one each. They didn't even choose multiple wives. They each took one wife. What a guy. They're already doing better than most of the men in the old Testament. So that's (laughs) nice. (laughs) April was like, because they kept reading all this stuff and she's like, so did the women, did they agree to it? Or was this like an assault situation? I'm like, uh, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Old Testament era. That's called missing the forest through the trees, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> she had some like really poignant things that she pointed out in the middle of this that really cut through the fog in a couple of moments. So she was kind of <laughs> like my uh, my my uh, life raft in the middle of this project. <laughs> it says, and they began to go into them, forward language, and were promiscuous with them, and they taught them charms and spells, and they showed them the cutting of roots and trees, whatever that means. Now, here's where uh, one of those pesky sentences that is hard to rationalize, like for everybody on the spectrum of this thing it says and they became pregnant and bore large giants and their height was three thousand cubits three thousand <laughs> cubits this overdoing like, it that, how many yeah. arcs is that a cubit is a cubit is what like 18 how long is a cubit i'm looking yeah it up. yeah it's like you're <laughs> wait what did we say it was it's l it's l technically it's elbow to middle finger yeah 17 and a half inches we we had determined that it was the the length of like your belly button to the end of your flaccid penis as it yeah. hangs or something. It? <laughs> Dude, you have a giant, giant cock. I mean, I don't. I'm trying to do it right. I feel now. like we're off. We're off off track just a little bit. I don't want to no. be measured next to Jeremiah. I know that. Yeah, he's clearly the biggest out of three of us. <laughs> All right. He's, he's clearly got a Nephilim in his pants. Comfortably, we can move on at this point, I feel like. Uh, I don't know about you all, but I would like to eat literally anything else. So he's, <laughs> His snake would devour our snakes right in front of Pharaoh, you know? Is, uh, is that a Nephilim in your pants, or are you just trying to drown ancient it's angels? Set to I'm hell. not sure. <laughs> Okay, um, so the the kids are really a problem immediately. Yeah, it says, they're so big, it's like they're they were, three they're three thousand yeah, so cubits big. high. So <laughs> wait, how how do their moms grow when they give birth to them? Like, at what point do the does the kid? Well, the source material doesn't specify, obviously, because they don't really like take into account the women's health or opinions on any of this. It's like, it is the old that, Testament. Hold on. Three, you said 3000 cubits, right? I'm just, and I'll let you talk, Sam 3000. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to be doing some math. Go ahead, Sam. Do you remember that Rugrats episode where they, uh, Tommy thinks that his mom's going to have another baby and he has this nightmare about it. And it's like this giant, giant baby. That's bigger than buildings. Like a Godzilla sized baby. He's like, Baby want num nums. Like, <laughs> that's what it is. I just think of that as a Nephilim. <laughs> just, the watchers have sex with these women and just make these giant babies. Like that episode from Rugrats. Okay. So I'm, I'm sorry. Water I don't know eater those... side 
sized safety pins Not <laughs> holding the knapsack barge in here. But uh, so I've been doing some math. Thirty thousand cubits is uh that's almost 10 miles no three thousand, not thirty thousand. Right? Oh, three thousand. no sorry i did the math on three thousand. wait hold on Dang 10 it, miles hold on hold on they're uh, the mile high club for sure oh no i, I know what i did i did something wrong, I did something wrong. <laughs> sorry it's almost one mile tall it's almost one mm, mile i forgot never to mind just that seems reasonable yeah forty three hundred feet <laughs> Yeah, that's hard to that's hard to like write a modern narrative around. It's wild that they just something that big didn't make its way into like every other version of history, you know? Well, according to many of the videos that I watched, uh there are tons of legends from every culture about giants. Dude, I heard the same we thing about take um Take that to mean creationism we were told that dinosaurs lived with humans. Um I remember reading and being told and taught that every, almost every like tribal group, whatever, had a story of flying dinosaurs that would like take people away and eat them in the mountains and shit. And it's like, the idea was that like up until like, you know, obviously like tribal groups, it's like pterodactyls would come and take people away. And it was, I was taught that very like non-jokingly that like, <laughs> I was not every a lot of dragons in yeah. many different cultures. Yep. I mean, but I was not- also told that that was related to the fact that actually dinos flying dinosaurs were alive. Uh, uh. They, just, they just got the art wrong. They made them long and snake-like instead of had wings and shit. But yeah, I was, I was very, cl- I mean, it's, vividly i remember being taught that like almost every like south african tribes this and that it was like these pterodactyls would come and take people away and i remember being taught a lot of unsubstantiated things about other cultures that the person teaching me knew nothing about yeah because they saw a drawing in a cave that looked somewhat similar to what they wanted well that's that's the whole thing with all of this is like cave rorschach tests the great thing about being a consp- like one of these people is that you can just take what you want from every other culture and use it to substantiate your idea about the Bible. Yes. Or anything you can be like, now if we look at Greek mythology, like dude, they do that constantly in these videos where they're like, like if you look at, at uh, you know, ancient Roman mythology, you know, obviously this is exactly the thing that we're talking about in my interpretation of this book, you know? So it goes to show you, it's like, wow, we are, we are untethered from anything here. <laughs> so it says that uh, these devoured all the toil of men until men were unable to sustain them. And the giants turned against them in order to devour men. And they began to sin against birds and against animals and against reptiles and against fish. And they devoured one another's flesh and drank they the blood from everything. It. Is that what they're saying? They ate it. Oh, ate it. Yeah, they ate everything. But then later on, it said that, yeah, they they ate everything. So here's where some of the watch the watchers problems really come into play. Uh, And it says, and Azazel taught men to make swords and daggers and shields and breastplates. And he showed them the things after these and the art of making them. 
bracelets and ornaments and the art of making up the eyes and of beautifying the eyelids and the most precious stones and all kinds of colored dyes and the world was changed. So basically he taught them about murder and makeup. And the world was changed. Love that. And there was great impiety and much fornication and they went astray and all their ways became corrupt. Amazarek taught all those who cast spells and cut roots. Armoros, the release of spells and Burakiel, astrologers and Kokabiel portents and Tamiel taught astrology and Azradel taught the path of the moon. And at the destruction of men, they cried out and their voices reached heaven. And this is where like, God really gets angry over the watchers. It's it's one thing that they uh, sullied themselves with human women, but then also they handed like this forbidden knowledge of sin and stuff like that over to humans. And that's what they're again and again, like that's the thing that everybody cues in on is like these guys taught humans how to be corrupt and evil and stuff like that. They taught them that they were a, a cancer. And an Aquarius, and a Sagittarius, and a whatever other. Sagittarius. I mean, is that a thing? Sagittarius? It's not. I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, close enough. So one of the interesting points between like, uh, you know, differing views on the book and stuff is like, I watched this video of an old guy, some theological YouTube channel or whatever. Um, he just looked like one of our college professors at Liberty, just an old nerdy guy that has never done anything but learn Bible stuff. And he was saying that one of the problems and why he doesn't think that Christians should put stock in the book of Enoch was because the book of Enoch seems to like cast blame for man's sin on these fallen angels. When in fact, we know from the Bible that man was the reason that man's like man broke his covenant with God of his own free will and volition. And that's why it's a fallen world and stuff. Not because some magic fallen angels came and taught them all these bad things and whatnot. So his, his idea is you should use a fanciful, a fanciful book and narrative to disprove another fanciful book and narrative. So that, yeah, I hear where it's coming from and it makes a lot of good sense. I thought it was an interesting point, at least like, it does shift blame away from, you know, the idea of original sin and stuff. And April made a point about how, like, that's a big part of conspiracy theories is that they tend to, like, cast the blame for people's problems in their life and the problems of the world and stuff, like, away from us and onto like yes. this group of all powerful beings who are trying to oppress the rest. Like things are bad because that group of people is is oppressing us because right. they're evil. Because if they grapple the fact that the choices they've made fucked up their life, they can't hand it's like I can't handle that. It has to be somebody else's problem. There has to be another reason I'm so miserable and unhappy in this world. I think it like kind of gets to the I like cuts to the core of one of the I like the reasons that conspiracy theories and stuff and like I hate using that term over and over again but like why these things are so popular there's a lot of things that people get out of them like we've talked about before like one is community yep. like you're a part of this tight knit group that knows the truth two it's like it's it's a an ego thing where like 
you know the truth because you're smart and enlightened and woke and all this stuff. And everybody else is like, no, no, not woke, not woke. Anything but woke, Casey. They (laughs) used to use that term and then it got applied to everybody that they hate. Also Christianity, the Christianity we grew up in, like the same things apply, which I wouldn't say Christianity is a conspiracy theory at all. I think there's, it's a reasonable thing to believe and buy into. Um, But it's like, it's the same. It's like we have the answers. We know the truth. Everybody else, and you establish a sense of community around that. So, in the way that it, it's, it functions, it's not wildly different than conspiracy theories. It's tribalism or Reddit groups, or Reddit I mean, subgroups. <laughs> it's it all kind of comes back to tribalism in a way. It's like yeah, it 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 provides a sense of unity among a group of people like a community right it 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 gives you a way to cast blame away from you and onto somebody else and i think like the, one of the big things is that and why like all these macro conspiracies are so popular is that you know it it gives you the sense that like this isn't chaos that i'm looking at like this is an organized yeah. effort meant to cause chaos like right it's people trying to make sense of a confusing scary frustrating world by trying to grasp on to like sorry the uh, the idea that like the secrets are there like the answers are out there you can get them you just have to be willing to like disregard everything that people are saying <laughs> and <laughs> you know because you don't like it like i think that's it's also it's because it it frustrates you or scares you or whatever but people have a hard time admitting that insecurity, whether even to themselves, like they may not even see it as an insecurity. So they think it's just like they're taking the power back or something. Yeah. It's like yeah. the human experience, like just like distilled, honestly, like what you're saying is like, oh, it's like I I need to ignore what other people are saying and just find a reason to believe, like just to dive deeper into things that I believe like we all do that to a degree but it's just if you just distill that human experience into like the most concentrated drop is like consp- that's you get like conspiracy theorist communities it's like an it's like an aquarium yeah it's like a miniaturized version <laughs> of real life why aren't the sharks eating the fish well they're well fed and that's how everything else that's that, that's that's the world we live in did you uh we probably talked about this before, but Jeremiah, have you ever listened to that hardcore history episode, logical insanity? Uh, I don't think so. We talked, it's all about like nuclear buildup and strategic bombing during world war two and stuff. And the way that it was rationalized at the time. And it was kind of like this, like growing thing that, you know, we, we didn't start at point a saying like, we're going to destroy like all of civilian life and, some parts of Germany. Like that's what we're going to do to make our point here. Or we're going to like completely destroy Japan. It's like through this series of like small rationalizations that, you know, can't snowballed into bigger and bigger decisions. Like we eventually ended up with a policy where we're firebombing Tokyo and, and killing hundreds of thousands of people, you know, non-combatants in the most gruesome way possible, you know? And it's, it's similar, I think, in a way it's like, it's, if you, if you were to look at that from the outside, you know, a person who just turns on like an Oliver Stone documentary and like, I'm taking in alternative information for the first time here. It's like, well, you know, 
in actuality, the Japanese were ready to surrender and they were about to turn over their swords and stuff like that. But then, you know, uh, uh, Truman decided that he wanted to test the nuclear bomb. And so, you know, and make a statement to Russia. And that's that was the only thing driving this decision. It's because there's evil people at the top of the government. And it's not really that simple, you know. That makes it nice for a, a 30 minute documentary, but like in actuality, there's a lot more to it than that, you know? So getting back to the story here. So basically um, the, the, the Nephilim. So there's some debate too on whether or not like the children of the watchers are the Nephilim or whether the Nephilim existed prior to that. And after that, because there's also like something weird, like some reference to the Nephilim, later on in scripture post flood like the sons of the nephilim were giants and stuff and it's like well if the flood killed them all regardless they cause yeah, they a lot of problems they're killing everybody i think it's in joshua i think it's the book of joshua i think uh, you might be right somewhere in there because yeah when they're like spying on the enemy it's like well they have there's some nephilim there some shit like that yeah i'm pretty sure it's joshua oh yeah israel refuses to enter um the land of ba 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 uh, they refused into the land because there were giants that lived there. Yep. In and the, the word for giants is Nephilim. Nephilim, and it's connected to or Nephilim the... and Anakim. Anakim in the land of Canaan, mm-hmm. uh, which is that's Numbers 13, 21, numbers. 33. Yeah. Yeah. So that's there's just like little things all through here that make this like not a very tidy idea, no matter how you explain it, right? But clearly, but basically, in their in the history of like even the Hebrew Bible, it's like they show up enough to know that it was an idea that people were familiar with that didn't need to be explained. That was believable to them. And they were a mile tall. You could see them from like, you know, the Sinai desert before you (laughs) even got to whatever Amalek or whatever you said. So anyways, these, these guys are causing all sorts of trouble. Uh, people on the they're on like Earth gremlins cry out for <laughs> kind of are <laughs> doing silly shit. <laughs> it's like if gremlins were a mile tall, basically, <laughs> they cry out to God to uh, you know for deliverance. Um, there's four archangels to to make this short and sweet. They see this, they're upset. They go tell God basically like. Hey, you created all this stuff and you're all powerful. Why are you letting this happen? Mm, and God's like, you know what? I was hoping somebody'd say that. And then he sent it sends all of these archangels out to just like mess people up left and right. And uh what one of them goes and warns Noah and teaches him how to build boats. But uh what? 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 So the, no, what? They're having a problem with these giants, so God sends these angels to not deal with the giants, but to just like give That's what the flood the flood was to cover up the giants. Who were too tall to be Yeah, the water had to be deep enough to drown. Killed by the flood. Like they oh, were no. Casey, is that oh, a real, I is didn't that even real... think about that. Okay, that's I, true. I, I thought you were pointing the pin at me like this was part of the conspiracy no, that I stumbled into. That's how they <laughs> survived. That is the idea is like that's, the lore is they survived because they were too tall to be drowned, and that's why they show up in numbers. Really? Yes. Oh I'm not I'm not making this up on the spot. I actually rem- I remember this. 
I just so remember just, the spot. They're like turtles okay. with their heads above the floodwaters waiting yeah. for it. How did they like, sleep for a year? God just 40 God days. Just, they're just like, I'm so pruny. <laughs> <laughs> That's why God really fucked up with the flood. They're like, the flood was to drown the Nephilim. And you're like, and it didn't work. He killed everyone on earth, but Noah's family. This is like how a Godzilla In exchange movie. for not doing the thing it intended to do. Well, okay, but so it wasn't hey, hold on. just this, 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 this is starting like uh, like every Godzilla movie starts with like black and white footage of nuclear bombs going off in the Pacific <laughs> or something. And it's like, they thought we got him. The, yeah. the nuclear tests were really the cover up trying to kill something. Yeah. Something came from the depths. <laughs> Dude, you know, like every Godzilla movie has that scene where somebody's in a boat and you see like the dinosaur tail and yeah. stuff go under the boat. It's like that shot of the ark. Noah sticking his head out the window and you just see like like he this his, his giant head. body like naked just backstroking through. Okay, he leans down and goes, it's not a tail. It's past. just like the it's just the dick of the Nephilim snaking its way under the boat. Wait, so that would imply that like they knew the flood was working when the, like the bodies, the the drowned bodies of the Nephilim are like floating to the surface and they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if, an, if the Nephilim are almost a mile high. Dude, I want to see the Snyder cut of that. Yeah. I'll the Russell Crowe movie. <laughs> It's got to be huge, right? I mean, I'm trying to think of like what percentile of your body the average dick is, right? Do you think it's like a breaching whale? Yeah. You just see something poke up and go. <laughs> it just comes. Like, oh, just, humpback. And then they're like, that's not a humpback. <laughs> it's just like it rears its head and just blasts come into the air. <laughs> Almost as much as a blue whale. <laughs> so uh there's a point here where okay so god sends enoch a vision and basically tells him like i'm gonna kill all these people oh and to to finish that point so like it wasn't necessary the flood wasn't necessarily just to kill the nephilim like it was also to kill everyone who had been contaminated by this like knowledge that they brought that the watchers imparted upon humans astrology yeah <laughs> time watchers, and all <laughs> the watchers said get the shot modern medicine <laughs> the we shot to made too heavy too heavy to swim <laughs> they showed him how to use bows and arrows on horseback <laughs> like this is too advanced we have to kill them all they come down they grab a loaf of bread off the table they pull it they pull someone's sword <laughs> they're like i'm really gonna blow your mind they're like, you're telling me you can make this with three ingredients <laughs> and this will save all of humanity we have to kill these motherfuckers kill them all <laughs> they're like take bread cut it slice it that's the first great invention cook it again and they're like unreal what do you <laughs> you know you only need two more ingredients to make it garlic bread <laughs> send the rains they know too much <laughs> so um the 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 nephilim find or the the watchers find out that like god's gunning for them and they start like freaking out so they talk to enoch and they're like dude please deliver this like petition to god you know saying that we're sorry and we'll uh we won't do it again 
basically. And God is, he has like a comeback on the earth where he was like, uh, oh man, where is it? It was an interesting, uh, oh yeah, it says, God's telling Enoch, he says, and go to say to the watchers of heaven, who sent you to petition on their behalf? You ought to petition on behalf of men, not men on behalf of you. Just That's suspicious. Kind of an interesting quote. He basically tells them like, no, uh, no oopsie do overs like you're <laughs> done and it's going to be it's going to hurt. Basically, I and basically God like goes pretty hard telling them that like he's going to sl- just slaughter all of their kids, which they were really attached to, apparently. Yeah, which was honestly on them, their fault for getting too attached. Right. Yeah. We know God. We know God at this point. He's not too worried about. He's only worried about certain lineages, so don't get too attached. Well, I'd, yeah, I mean, how dare you want a family? <laughs> he also has a quote here where he says to, he tells Enoch to deliver this message to the watchers. He says, you were in heaven, but its secrets had not yet been revealed to you and a worthless mystery you knew. Uh, this this you made known to women in the hardness of your hearts, and through this mystery, the women and the men cause evil to increase on the earth. I thought that was kind of an interesting, like, yeah. What quote does that mean? Too. Like, heaven's secrets had not yet been revealed to you, and all you knew was like this worthless mystery. Like, you knew these little tricks and trinkets and you things. Yeah, you didn't know the truth. The truth behind everything. Huh. Also, way to sum up all of human knowledge into just worthlessness. <laughs> yeah. Well, there wasn't that much human knowledge at that point. I mean, it, are it we that much better around. now? I feel like, I, are we better? No. Do we know more stuff? Like objectively, <laughs> we yes. know like more facts. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know how to build giant pyramids though, without the use of cranes. <laughs> no, dude, I love that. I actually recently saw like a whole video on Facebook about like the whole pyramid concept of how ancient aliens type shit like no one could have been able to do this oh that that all fits in real well with good it's good shit and then you hear like people then you hear people be like i don't think you understand what one million slaves can do (laughs) it's like they're pretty effective yeah so that's kind of the long and short of it. God punishes them in a bunch of different ways, locks them up in the, the earth for, you know, until locks judgment day. Earth. That's the Titan story, dude. That's what's so wild. It's the Titans got locked up. Were they in mountain? Olymp- were they in Mount Olympus? Is that where they were locked up in? No, it's like, uh, Mount, Mount- Judaism. Or well, something. no, <laughs> what <laughs> Jesus, what mountain were the Titans locked up in, in Greek mythology? I forget. Ah, Mount Olympus. It was Olympus. That's what. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which further confirms the book of Enoch's retelling of this story. Hell yeah. That's, that's a lot of what these videos do is they bounce back and forth between like, uh, the Bible and then, all these like ancillary books and stuff. And then to like Greek mythology and then to something which was totally unsaturated about like uh, ancient Sumerian religion. And then like, boom. And then like, Oh, in China, they have a, a, you know, a cultural myth about this happening. And there was giants and lizard people. Uh, They like to rope the Anunnaki into things, which I know the word, 
That sounds. I know it's familiar. something to do with like alien beings or something, but I don't really know much about the Anunnaki. Same. I think they were some sort of Sumerian angel demon thing. <clears throat> but so that's kind of like the Book of Enoch, bare bones. And then from there, it goes in a million different directions. Like I said, the the lady that I listened to a bunch of, I don't know which all books and things she was pulling from, but she kind of alleged that, oh man, it was, I'm trying to remember all of the things. Basically that part of the, the they like, they also like to mix like modern language and terms and stuff in with this crap to make it seem more exciting and legitimate. Like, you would say that like you wouldn't say like oh the 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 watchers you know took human wives you would say like you know the watchers these fallen angels initiated a a breeding program in the middle east in this time period and like you know one of the things that we know from looking at the text is that they were altering the genetics of these animals they were splice, splicing and breeding different types of animals together. And that's where we get some of these things that we've all heard of, right? Like, I mean, Bigfoot, uh, vampires, um, you know, the, the chupacabra, the, the, the Yeti, whatever, like it literally like that was a part of the, the podcast. Adrian Brody had sex with that weird creature in splice. Yeah, pretty much. That, that that informed a lot of the dude. If these, I don't know what these people would do if the if the Matrix wouldn't have come out in like film format because they are so heavily reliant upon that metaphor. Yeah, that's a big one. Matrix was a pretty revolutionary metaphor. It really did change the game for a lot of people. It was it's like allegory. I mean, even still, we have like the allegory. Yeah, we, allegory. Your red. All the whole like red pilled bullshit. That's all Matrix. Oh yeah, we have yeah. That that part kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Matrix just means like anything that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so hooked into the Matrix with your fitness and healthy living. Yeah. So uh I also listened to a couple other uh things from different points of view on this. Obviously, there's no shortage of pastors and stuff talking about how, like, no one should read this because it's not ordained by God. And they don't really give a lot of reasons why that is. also why we didn't read a lot of other books as young Christian children. They weren't ordained by God. Our our buddy uh, from the Discord, Art, I don't know. I don't know how he pronounces his screen name, but it's like R.P. Enoch. Yeah, yeah. R.P. Enoch. Maybe that maybe that's it. He hooked me up with a podcast called uh, the test of the testimony, the confessionals. And I listened to a really annoying episode of that where like there's this guy who's an author and he is like convinced that <clears throat> all this is Satan. But then it's also like interdimensional beings and demons, reptilians, uh, greys. So all good. sorts of things like, dude, you literally can pull anything in that you want and then make like an ancillary reference to, uh, you know, the 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 Dead Sea Scrolls or yeah, Sumerian that, cave drawings. It's a conspiracy it's theorist version of God of the Gaps. Anything you can't explain was 
reptilians and space creatures and the globalists. The globalists. Uh, you guys want to hear what a little of what uh, David Icke has to say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do. I think that's a great way to round this out. All right. Everything he has is like very uh, long. So I'll just I'll just pick a spot here and we'll read a little bit. This is a section called Sons of the God uh, in a chapter called Don't Mention the Reptiles. <laughs> so he quotes Genesis 6, 1 through 4. Uh, the part about the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and all swear when the sons of God went to the daughters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, men of renown, heroes, that and the other. Um, it says, the reptilian breeding program appears to have produced an Anunnaki human hybrid, and then in parentheses, Adam, with a question mark, around 200 to 300,000 years ago. I'm sure other extraterrestrial races have also interbred with humanity to produce the glorious variety of Earth peoples. He's I am sure? sure. He's I'm sure. Wait, is this a joke? <laughs> no, he's sure he's of it. He's sure of a lot of things. But I am focusing here on the reptilian group because of their desire to control and manipulate human Wait, affairs. Wait, no, no, just really quickly. Like, this isn't like he's not being tongue-in-cheek. David Icke actually believes this. Look at – just pull up a picture of David Icke. Look at his haircut, and you tell me whether he's serious. (laughs) (laughs) I am right now. Clearly, the further you go back, the murthier the story becomes, but there is enough supporting and cross-referencing evidence to present the themes of what happened. The more I look at this, the more it is clear to me that what the reptilians did on Mars, they have done... (laughs) (laughs) Mars catches me by surprise every time. (laughs) Uh, They infiltrated the home population through interbreeding and took the place over. It seems to me that there were already reptile Aryan bloodline. Mm -hmm. Aryan. That's a good word. Bloodlines among the Martians when they came to Earth. (laughs) What are the main locations for the Anunnaki and the Martians or Aryans, particularly during during and after the Venus Cataclysm of around 4800 BC, were the mountains of Turkey, Iran, and Kurdistan? And it was from here that they created their, <laughs> that they and their hybrids reemerged when the waters receded. It was they who created the, quote, instant advanced civilizations in the lowlands of Sumer, Egypt, Babylon, and the Indus Valley. A particular center for the Anunnaki reptilians would seem to have been the Caucasus Mountains. And this is an area that will appear again and again in this story. I feel there was a major breeding program in this region, probably underground. Right? I mean, obviously, right? Yeah which produced a very large number of hybrid reptile-human crossbreeds. One area of research that is highly relevant to this region are the number of people with RH-negative or rhesus-negative blood. Often rhesus-negative babies turn blue immediately after birth. <laughs> this, this is because the of origin. Lack of oxygen? <laughs> They're just dying? You turn blue right after birth. You have to hold them by their ankles and spank the shit out of their bare bottoms until they take a deep breath. Turn blue right after birth because they're born at the top of the Caucasus Mountains with no oxygen. It is wherever the Martian bloodlines came from before that. Far more white people are are H negative than blacks or Asians. (laughs) Of course, you can't go more than four paragraphs without being racist. Of course. (laughs) <laughs> that is one tiny 
paragraph of this enormous book. <laughs> and not one, not one source cited. Like, and of course, this is what happened when they did yeah, the this first, in this area. Of course, like I feel like there's got to be rules around what "of course" means. You can't just say "of course." <laughs> there Naturally. are no rules when it comes to reptilians. Oh, dude, I'm trying to find this part I read earlier about Noah. That's where... incredible. That guy's incredible. We need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's, oh, okay, uh, here is he dead he... or is he still alive? Dude, oh, he's still not. alive. Yeah, he's seventy-one. Dude, he would. He still would wearing do, track suits. He would do <laughs> anything he was invited to. We Casey, should have him on. Uh, Casey, do you mind if I read another quote from one of his books? Just oh, please, I, please. Well, do. we're making we're making fun. I think it's it's important to properly contextualize for anyone who doesn't know who David Icke is. This is a quote from his nineteen ninety five book, "And the Truth Will Set You Free," or "Truth Ooh. Shall Set You Free." The quote is. I've always believed that. Well. Don't make jokes yet. Why do we play a part in suppressing alternative information to the official line of the Second World War? How is it right that while this fierce suppression goes on, free copies of the Spielberg film Schindler's List are given to schools to indoctrinate children with the unchallenged version of events? And why do we, who say we oppress tyranny and demand freedom of speech, allow people to go to prison and be vilified and magazines to be closed down on the spot? For suggesting another version of history. That's right. He's a Holocaust denier. Or sorry, a Holocaust questioner. That might make some sense out of some of this. Because early on in the 90s. Well, I mean, he's 71. He's He's been doing this for a while. He was like a, a soccer player and then like a TV host. And now he's a professional lunatic. Okay, it says... Uh, <laughs> I love this. I, I'm looking for. It. I wonder if he has an Instagram page. This this is a couple of pages up from where I was just reading. It says, "When you consider that the Draco royal leadership is said to be up to twelve feet tall and is white skinned, is said by who? Who's saying this? <laughs> I like mean, everyone, everyone's that talking about. Everyone's talking about what the <laughs> what the reptilian leadership looks like. It's like I don't think they are." Dude, I made April listen to that podcast yesterday where the guy's talking about like aliens and all this stuff. And he keeps talking about giants. And he's like, he goes, Oh, you go out there to Catalina Island. They got 12 footers out there. Dude, <laughs> he keeps referring to them as like, he's like, Yeah, over there outside of, there's a cave in Nevada. They got 10 footers in there. <laughs> what a like weird way to say it. <laughs> this guy has 397 thousand followers on instagram oh he's, he's been huge, doing it for dude. a long time whoa he's like a he's like a conspiracy realm patriarch. royalty yeah follow. he's royalty. i just clicked follow all right hang on here Let, let's let's uh let's let's keep going on this okay when you consider that the draco royal leadership is said to be up to 12 feet tall and white-skinned indeed albino white quote whiter than snow it again relates to the very white skin of the giant watcher human hybrid baby described in the book of enoch and elsewhere lot. he's saying white skin too many times <laughs> i think he has some views on jews <laughs> yeah, he says uh, maybe not too many of them died he's already shared those and I should emphasize the birth of the human watcher child in the book of Enoch, that is that of Noah. If this be so, Noah is, in fact, a reptile-human hybrid, and many people have sought to claim descendants from Noah, descendants from the reptilian watchers and the Anunnaki. In Hebrew Rith, the Nephilim are described as 
Awim, whatever that, which which means devastators or serpents. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, Noah is described as looking like quote the child of the fallen angels of heaven, whose quote or conception was due to the Watchers and to the Nephilim. In Jewish lore, Eve is seen as the ancestral mother of the Nephilim and, and associated with the Hebrew words meaning life and snake. Eve was, of course, tempted by the serpent according to Old Testament myth and other sources. In chapter 69 of the Book of Enoch, we find that among the Watchers who revealed the secrets to humans was Gadriel, the fallen angel who has been identified with tempting Eve. Galadriel. The Book of Enoch was banned by the Catholic by the Roman Church, which sought to deny the earlier Christian belief in the existence of flesh and blood angels and fallen angels occupying physical bodies and interbreeding with humans. This was to stop the masses understanding the true situation. I but- love the matter of fact. <laughs> Dude. So his um his Instagram page apparently he put Fuck out a movie. <laughs> Holy shit, he sucks so bad. He put out a movie with some uh, just terrible infographics. The dream deep into the rabbit hole. And uh, the uh, caption is, uh, my deep, deep in the rabbit hole, iconic, iconic.com film the dream. That's great. His last name's Ike. And his website is iconic.com. So yeah, that's pretty oh, good. You got to get that yeah. to him. Hell yeah. <laughs> totally nailed it. Love it. Uh, the dream is getting great reviews from viewers, including, I love it. Great reviews from viewers. And he just like quotes like seven of them. It's uh, <laughs> that is incredible. I was waiting for it to come out so bad. Bravo. David. <laughs> Bravo, like, David. This is brilliant. This was epic. You guys went above and beyond on this project. Love you all. Thank you. Every single word of it. Thank you for a fantastic Christmas present. And uh, I have trouble sitting still. And I sat the whole time. Wow. My new favorite Christmas movie. It's like he hired the same bots that like review sugar-free gummy bears on Amazon. <laughs> Oh, man. Cyberbug we have not experienced before hit iconic after the launch of the film on Christmas Eve, but it's all sorted now. I guess they got uh, infiltrated by the deep state for a moment, but they solved that problem. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this guy's phenomenal. We have to get him on this show. Holy yeah, shit. He's, <laughs> he's something else. It would just be an hour and a half of him ranting and us laughing and him being like, what's so funny? Ah! And then trying to explain things away. That'd be probably pretty entertaining. He he does. He does like these uh, these events. It's like a, a seminar and he talk. He just stands up there with a PowerPoint and talks for like 10 hours. No joke. It's like a 10 hour thing of him just explaining top to bottom, like uh, the reptiles and how they control everything, the globalists and the blue bloods and this what and that. Self-indulgent piece of shit. He loves himself. He loves all this so much. It's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's people who start podcasts like us and then there's that guy. And it's nice to know, like there's a line that we haven't crossed just by 
saying the shit we want to say for the public. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm always just looking for the right scam. Yeah. <laughs> one of these yeah. days, it'll find. I'll find one. Well, Dogecoin it wasn't is, it. <laughs> your first subscriber will be this relative that you talk to all this shit about. So. <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, uh, this is fun. there's a million. You could just go deeper and deeper on this Book of Enoch thing. We touched like four chapters of it. There's a lot, but I think that's I think that's sufficient. And I am not listening to any more about this. <laughs> <laughs> you spent your entire Sunday devoted to it, which is nice because I had other things to do. I got a foot of snow, so naturally I dealt with that. Snow blew my driveway. Snow blowed my driveway. Blue, blowed, whatever. You got it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, then went sledding with my kids for the afternoon. All the while, Casey was listening to podcasts on reptilian, inter human reptilian interbreeding history. And uh, it was worth it. Thank you Breaking for a, uh, a child's motorcycle that I intend to ride. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, everybody. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a review and share it with a pal who would also like it. And, um, you know, actually, so if you, I, I got a message today from a, from an old friend of mine that um, it was somebody that he knew that had been in a really, like, terrible church situation, and she started a podcast, and... They sent it along to me. I listened to it. It was really interesting. And all that to say that, like, hey, if you if you know somebody that has a great story or uh, something like that that you want to send our way, you know, no promises or anything like that, but, well, send it to us. We'd be, yeah. uh, we'd be very interested to see it, hear it, maybe talk to this person in, on the show. So, um, yeah, send us a message. We will, uh, we will see it. Send us a message on Instagram or join the Discord, and you can message us there. You can find a link to the Discord uh, in the link tree in the bio on our Instagram page. And, man, I think that's it. Everybody have a good week, and we will see you next time. <laughs>